solution, real talk. Living right, the execution, real walk. And stay cool, stay cool, cause it's hot outside. And get your body out line and chalk. I left the institution, real talk. Living right, the execution, real walk. And stay cool, stay cool, cause it's hot outside. And get your body out line and chalk. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. This, back at it. I'm back at it again. This is Amadi and Ragu. This is the House to House podcast. We thank you all for listening. Um, as always, you can check us out on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google um, Play. Yeah, Google Play Music Podcasts. Um, and we're also on SoundCloud, um, House to House Podcast. Yeah. This is what happens when you record at night as opposed to the morning, <laughs> by the way. For those of you listening, it is nighttime right now. I'm a little tired, but I'm good. Um, but yes, it is house, the number two, and the word house, house to house podcast. And it will come up. So if you search an Apple podcast, Google Play Music, um, SoundCloud, it is all there. Um, and feel free to join our Facebook group, uh, House to House Podcast. We have a Facebook group. We uh, look forward to you chiming in, um, adding your questions, comments. It's been very fruitful. We thank you guys for hanging tight with us. I know we know it's been a, a few weeks, but you know um, I've been out of town one weekend, and then Ragu's out of town one weekend, so yeah. uh, it's been kind of hectic for us schedule-wise. So, but no, we are back here again to dialogue, and hopefully everyone is edified. Um, so oh, we're gonna just continue the conversation. Um, we ended off last week. We'll probably go off on tangents. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, no doubts. Um, but we ended. You know, if you if you haven't caught on yet, we like to leave you on cliffhangers. So, so it gives you a good segue into the next episode. Yeah, we like leaving you thirsty, waiting for the next one to come out. But we um, ended with talking about the models. You know, the the current you know church model, what we know as church, and we talked about some of the meanings of the word. And what we believe to be the true biblical model, which is the family, yep. um, and why some of these new uh, paradigms and this new understanding, new light, um, what have you, um, trying to force it within a, the current paradigm, it causes problems, right? It, it, it causes you know frustration because you're like, well, wait a minute, this thing is not working because... They said it was going to work, but it's not working. Why? Mm-hmm. I listened to Marty and Ragu, and then now I'm trying, and it's not working. And you know, first of all, I hope you wouldn't try. <laughs> I hope you hear from the like Lord. we're going to have to put a disclosure. Please do not try this at yeah. home. <laughs> <laughs> right, this is only for professionals. Um, but no, it's because you know you can't just put new light or a new understanding in the current paradigm, current understanding. You have to sort of look at the model, right? Um, and, you know, that's that, that's based on Matthew 9. Matthew 9, Scripture says that don't put new wine in old wine skin, right, because you end up destroying the wine and the skin. So you lose them both. Right. So if you put new wine into old wine skin, that's effectively what you have, and you destroy both. The skin will rupture, and that's what the Scripture says, and you lose both. So you have to put the new wine or the new revelation into the new context, that's good. So, because you know, if you've thought about this, you know, throughout the life of, uh, and not the whole life, but just if you zoom in on certain aspects of church history, typically we may change the terminology, we may try to change, you know, some of our habits, but we never really address the the structure. 
And so, you know, if you zoom in on different things, whether it be Protestant Reformation, even different new denominations here in the United States that have broken off from older denominations, we may do different things, right? So Martin Luther comes and nailed his 95 theses, Catholic Church, okay, we got you. But then you come, and though you call it something different, the structure never actually changes. No. So you still have pastors ruling over the lay people, and you still have bishops, and you still have the, you know, the, the, the whole nine yards because we never really address the structure. You know, we, you know we, we, we change some of the verbiage and we change some of the practices, but the structure kind of remains the same. So that's the that's the point that that we're trying to make is that, you know, we have to not we have to not we have to, you know, make sure that we are not only getting the new light, and the new revelation, but that we are examining the current structure that the current model that we're trying to apply that in. Right. And, and the scripture says, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So with that being said. Things have to be transformed. So it starts inside within the individual and then we affect the things that are around us. And I think, Amadi, that's a great segue into one of the things I definitely want to make reference into that structure is I want to call back into Exodus 19, where Moses was directed by the Lord to bring up the Israelites up to Mount Sinai. And of course, we know what happens, but what what I want to point out or highlight is the fact that the Israelites wanted to continue in the same vein of, or I should say, yes, in the same vein of looking to Moses only as their leader, as opposed to being in fellowship with the Lord directly. Yeah. I mean, God wanted them to come on up. He says, you know, invite all of Israel up because I want a family. And, you know, but what ends up happening is Israel says, you know, I'd rather keep God at arm's length. And, you know, Mm -hmm. we've talked about this, but, God has always wanted a family. You know, if we look back at Genesis, the the Genesis story, for you know, I have children. So when when you think about having children, you get a room, you get a crib, right? You might get a stroller, car seat, pampers, diapers, all that, all the stuff. You prepare for the child, mm-hmm. so that when the child is when the child arrives, everything that they need is there for them, ready. And so when you if you examine the Genesis story from the perspective of a family, you realize that's what God was doing. Let me prepare the place, right? Get everything ready so that when on the last day of creation I create man in my image and place him in the place that I prepared long before for him. And that's that's the context, that's always been the context in in which God has wanted us to exist. It is, you know, from our own doing, from our own our own lack of understanding, why we relate to God through these other things, right? We we don't we end up not relating to Him via a family, and even and this is not just an Old Testament thing. In the New Testament, God references family over and over and over and over. But what we have to do again is we have to step out of the current paradigm in which we see things. Because if we, looking at the New Testament scriptures through 2018 church models, we're going to read it a, you know, a, a certain way. We're going to read it like, you know, and I think we mentioned this on a previous episode, we're going to read it like Paul or Peter or John are writing to the First Baptist of, Cor- of Corinth or First Baptist of Ephesus. But John says this in the epistles. He says, I write my, my dear, dear children. children. Yep. 
you know, the the way that I relate to you. And uh, again, you know, we've mentioned, you know, so we're starting to repeat some of these themes to hopefully that you guys get them. That, you know, if if you recall that we decide to keep God at arm's length, you know, it, it, it is us that choose to say, God, back up, back up off me. But God's desire has always been for us to come closer. You know, one of the things that I, you know, I've heard people say, I'm saying I'm not going to name any names. It's it's a good thing. And I would encourage you guys to go out and and, and do this uh, study yourself. One of the things that disappears, one of the words that disappears as you read in the New Testament is the word disciple. It actually begins to disappear and you begin to see more familial words appear. Father, son, children, and but no one is referencing disciples. You see disciples, of course, heavy in the Gospels. You see it heavy in the book of Acts. But as you begin to move through the epistles, the word begins to disappear. Mm-hmm. And, more the, and then more familial descriptors are used to describe the relationships. And, you know, we talked about this one, too, as well, where we'll say things like it's we got to have a relationship and then say, like, well, what kind of relationship? And so, like, just to give you some scriptural references, if you read um, Galatians 6, um, Ephesians 3, and even 1 Peter 2, you'll see references to things like the family of heaven, the family of the faith, right? The, the family of God. Like, they're, they're using specific descriptors to describe the, the people of God, the children of God. They're, they're using these terms to help us understand God's intent, I believe, God's intent for the relationships. And I definitely believe that even Paul makes a a direct reference to that, where he says you have many guardians and you have many those who teachers, but you have few fathers. And he captures the heart of 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 what the Lord is trying to do with the intent of taking that role uh, towards Timothy, towards Titus and you see that he cares for them and he understands them. He even sends Timothy on his own behalf. So you see the fact that there is a representation that's passed on. But I think I'm getting ahead of myself here. <laughs> no, but that's I think that that's really good because sometimes sometimes when we talk about terms like family, people tend to want to drift towards the Old Testament because obviously there were families you know, like literal families mentioned and, you know, described in the Old Testament. But if you look at some of the things that the New Testament says, you'll see that the it's the same intent. So I, I want to read a couple verses of scripture. This first one is in First Timothy 3. Now, if you understand First Timothy 3, it we understand that that's talking about some of the qualifications for leadership in the body of Christ. But I want to just take a quick look at what exactly some of these qualifications are. Now, we understand it talks, now, First Peter 3, it talks about being an overseer, being a deacon, and typically we always focus on like how they must be mature and self-controlled, you know, and not not given up to, to being drunk. But it says, listen to this, in, in verse 2, it says the, the overseer must be above reproach, the husband of one wife. That is a very interesting line to put. Because what it tells me is that there may have been believers trying to practice polygamy. Mm -hmm. That's just throwing that out there. But that's not even what I want to talk about. I just (laughs) thought that was very interesting to make sure he put that as like the first line. Um, But if you read verse four, it says 
He must be able to manage his own household well and keep his children in control without losing his dignity. But if someone does not know how to manage his own household, how will he care for the people of God? A direct correlation to the family. So if this leader does not understand that God is looking at your family and and he's relating it to how you interact with the people of God. So if you can't do it here, you you're not going to be doing it there. Yeah, you absolutely can't. And in the same way, like when a CEO is responsible for an entity, the husband or the man, <clears throat> excuse me, well, let's just stick with the husband. man of God. <laughs> right. He is responsible for his family. And if the CEO is drawn accountable before Congress or whoever, whatever board of authority, Mm -hmm. in the same like manner, the husband would be drawn, you know, to give an account before the Lord. Yeah. And we don't sometimes we 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 miss this because we look at church like business. We look at it like almost like a, a business organization. And so it's like, you know, I clock in, I clock out, you know, but those of us, you know, who are married and who have children, you know, there's no clocking in and clocking out. You know, you got You're on the yeah, clock. You, you, this is a 24 yeah, seven shift. Yeah. You know, you it's a shift work, man, except you want every shift, <laughs> you know, this, and but that's the way that it's supposed to be in, in, in the family of God, you know, but. Because of the, again, that model, you know, so for those of you listening, we're, we're still going to this model because of the model in, in which we've come up in that that's how we interpret the scripture. We don't realize it, but we, we do it subconsciously. We interpret the scripture through a particular model because that's the model in which we've come up in. So we don't understand that if a, if a man cannot manage his home well if if a man cannot take responsibility like what like what you just said of his own family his children his wife he's not fit for leadership in the house of god because the house of god is a family and the way in which you engage or relate to your own family so let's let's keep reading because again this theme like i said it's all throughout the new testament in titus in the first chapter of titus uh, verse six. Now this one's talking about elders. An elder must be blameless. Again, here we go. The husband of one wife. Verse six. The an, an elder must be blameless. The husband of one wife, with faithful children who cannot be charged with dissipation or rebellion. Uh, for the overseer must be blameless as one entrusted with God's work. Not arrogant. Not prone to anger. Not a drunkard. Not violent. Not greedy for gain. So again. Here it is. It says that how it is so important that an elder must be one who has oversight of his own family, his own home, his marriage, his family and his home, that that is like the prerequisites. It's almost like, you know, for those of you who've gone to college, you know that if you want to get into a certain class, there are prerequisites that you have to take in order to even get into that class. Now, I'm adjunct faculty at a, at a college. And sometimes you have to tell a student, oh, you haven't taken the prerequisites. You have to be, you know, you have to be removed from this class because you won't pass. You won't pass this course because you have not taken the adequate prerequisite courses. Well, to be a leader in the house of God, one of the most important prerequisites is that you, A, understand that it's a family. And then, B, you reflect that with your own family. That, 
you know, what what do we think it is? It's normally, again, this goes to that model thing. We think it is, I got to get a degree or, you know, I, I got to go to Bible school. And, and I'm not knocking any of those things. For those of you who don't know, I actually applied to go to Bible school. I just ended up not going. I chose not to go, but I had applied and got accepted and was going to get my MDiv and I was going to do all of that. But there, you know, that model that 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 we look at things through it sort of dictates how we approach even the scriptures Mm -hmm. because i look at it through that model i'll approach this like all right well this is just talking about you know some special people this is not a requirement for all of us but it's like no actually yeah actually it is it is for everybody and i wanted to let's let's go back a little bit into the garden where where the lord gave responsibility to adam as well, first, as the first first man, first, <laughs> most importantly, right. but as the one whom the Lord entrusted the garden to, he gave him the responsibility to first have dominion, to first name the animal, to pretty much be the gatekeeper of that location. Yes, yeah, good. And when things went bad, <laughs> where did he go? He didn't go to Eve, even though Eve went and uh, unfortunately had a subsequent conversation with the wrong individual. Right. I mean, talking to lizards. And, right. and still uh, Adam was right next to him. But, uh-huh. but that's neither here nor there. Right. The Lord came and looked for Adam as the one who was the responsible party. So he was still drawn into account because he unfortunately let, let things go bad. Oh, yeah. And it's crazy. I had actually was talking to someone about that last week. And I was like, remember when the, the Lord approaches Adam in the garden and what is Adam's first statement? Lord, it's the woman you gave me. Well, that's actually a true statement. If you look at the facts, if I approach it like a lawyer, right? It was the woman who spoke to the serpent and ate the fruit. So if you want to get technical, that's a true statement. But the Lord says, I'm not here for right or wrong. I'm not here for good or evil. Mm-hmm. I'm here for righteousness. And so because I'm here for righteousness, I hold you accountable. So sometimes we we, we can't let facts does you know distract us from truth right because they're 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 not synonymous you know there are you know truth contains facts but truth and facts sometimes are not synonymous and one of the scriptures that i i quoted um earlier galatians 6 10 i just want to read that because how many of us you know when 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 things happen like if let's say there's a we, we were just watching this before we recorded there was a southwest airplane accident um, in in the Northeast, for those of you listening, there was a very you know tragic uh, Southwest accident in the Northeast. But for for those of us who would let's say one of your family member was 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 on that airplane, as tragic as it is, your first concern would be for your family members. You wouldn't be thinking, what about all the people on the plane? No, no, no. I feel bad for them, and it's tragic. But such and such, my yeah, family, members. my family members on that plane, mm-hmm. right? This is what Paul is saying in Galatians 6. He says, so whenever we have the opportunity, this is verse 10. So whenever we have the opportunity, let us do good to all people, but especially to those who belong to the family of faith. See, if if we saw the body of believers as our family, even the way we engage one another would change. But because we look at at each other like competitors, Right. Because I'm trying to get them to come to my church. No, you come to my. The reason we advertise our church is because we're in competition with each other. If because we do not see each other as family, 
You know, again, saying things that we don't truly believe. If I didn't see you as competition, right, the way that I engage with you and interact with you would be totally different. And Paul says, hey, 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 you can be nice to everybody, but there should be a, a special level of, of care that you handle the family of God with. That even if you want to be nice to the ungodly, mm-hmm. with the family of God, you should there, there should be some special care. But mm-hmm. that would require me to admit whether or not I even see them as family. And that's a hard thing for many of us to do. We have to look beyond the, the surface and, you know, the scriptures say regard no one after the flesh. So even if we may see somebody and, you know, they may have a certain skin tone or a certain haircut, whatever it may be, whatever the natural circumstances, you know, the scriptures tell us to look beyond that. The thing that we that uh, Paul highlights is the fact that, you know, we're spiritual beings. We are bound together by the spirit of unity, which is the Holy Spirit that that knits us all together, that makes us family. So, you know, with with that being said, what what are we talking about? What we're really trying to do is to really before we get into, you know, let's go talk about some really deep, 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 deep stuff. I think that it's very important that we examine the context in which we interpret things. You know, that's how, that's why we even started, you know, this conversation. We talked about culture to really understand that culture, how much culture influences a lot of the things in which we do. You know, for many of us, we think that I met the Lord. And so all that old cultural baggage that I had, it, it's gone now. Right. Because I've met the Lord. It's like, nope, that's still there. You interpret even the things of God through that cultural baggage. Then we get rid of that. And then we come up in a particular context. So many of us have come up in an institutional, you know, uh, leadership, lay people context. And so now we begin to interpret spiritual things through that context. And here comes God again with new light saying, hey, you may have to dismantle that structure as well. You say, oh, my goodness, Lord, I, I thought I just got rid of my worldliness. That should be enough. He says, nope, you have to mature. You know, I think it's in James four where it says, for those who know to do right and do not do it, that, be, yeah, that, that becomes sin to them. Mm-hmm. So when new light is you know, introduced to you and one of the things in which that new light calls for you to do is examine the context or the structure by which you do things, hence the, the model, we, we have to do that. And you know, listen, for many of us, that's a very hard decision. There, there may be position involved in that, right? There, there could be finances involved in that. I'm just keeping it you know, 100. Yeah. There, there could be a lot of things that put, you know, prestige, all of the things that come along with that. But I would encourage you to, at a minimum, examine it, examine it and say, listen, do I examine the scriptures through the model in which I've come up in? And can I and all of us are guilty. I'm, listen, I'm guilty of this. You know, Ragu's guilty of this. So we, we all have it. I'm not saying that we are free of it. But I think that step number one is acknowledging, hey, listen, man, I I did that. Yeah, yeah that was me. I'm guilty. Mm-hmm. And I think that, you know, that's that's a great thing. That's a great thing then to begin to say, Lord, help me to see this light from the perspective of heaven, you know, um, as opposed to through the model in which I've come up through the model in which I've come up. So we just want to get you guys to begin to think that, you know, before we go on, because many of the things that we intend on discussing, you know, in, in subsequent podcasts are going to require you 
to really, you know, compare and contrast it against what you do currently, what you believe currently. And it's going to challenge a lot of stuff. It might be a little bit tough to swallow even initially. And you may have to ponder it and weigh on it and think about it for meditate, whatever it takes to try to understand and embrace some of the things, the truths that that may come across. Think about this. How many of us and, you know, for those of you listening, how many of us have heard or maybe even are guilty of knowing or even being these these people where you say, oh, you see those preachers kids. Oh, they're the worst kids in the neighborhood or they're the worst kids in the school or that they're the worst people on the job. And you say, really, the preacher's children? Now, see, I didn't grow up in church, so that was new to me. I expected the preacher's kids to be like little saints. And <laughs> and then, you know, you hear some of these backstories and you say, really? And then you read the scriptures and you say, well, wait a minute. The Bible says, still yeah, be a, a how leader? can he still be a leader? Because the Bible says that, you know, blank, 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 what I just read. Well, it doesn't really mean that, you know, it's kind of different for us. But it's like, well, the, the standard doesn't change. The standard does not change. And, you know, I have to be I have to be responsible for my own home. Right. Or the context, the lens in which the scriptures are examined may be from, hey, you know, maybe that means, you know, this only has to apply when I'm in the church building or something of the like. And so the lenses that we see the scriptures have to be from the perspective of of a family or else everything is all distorted. Yeah, everything is distorted exactly. So, the the same way in which we're we're charged to have responsibility in our natural families is the same way that we're charged in 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 the family of God. So, we just want to leave you with this. You know, it's and this is something that I've learned in my profession because I'm a project manager. I'm a project manager by day. I'm like a superhero project manager by day. But one of the things that you learn in project management is that project management has two things. It has all of the authority as well as all of the responsibility. And we want to leave that with you because one of the things in which you'll realize is that once you change the the model in which you interpret these things, then you have to begin to look at things like spiritual authority because with spiritual authority comes much responsibility and we've tried to do one or the other. We've tried to have authority and cast off the responsibility and or we've tried to take responsibility for things without authority. And so we have to, it's like, you know, when you're at home and how many of us as parents have to remind our children, hey, I have authority here, right? You have to, when you're telling your kids like things like, don't talk to me like that, right? Or, or don't, you, what you're telling your children is I have authority. And so you need to honor and respect that. Well, mm. The same goes for the house of God. That's why it is so pertinent that we understand this new model because now if someone has authority, you're able to say, wait a minute, you have responsibility here and vice versa. Yep. If it's someone just, yeah. if someone's trying to take responsibility, you have no authority here. How are you taking responsibility? But we have to look at it through the lens of the family, not the lens of a business. Yep. So, so we want to we want to leave you with that. We're gonna we're gonna get in. Hopefully, we'll get more into that the next go round. But as always, you know, we try to get you guys to thinking. We appreciate you uh, listening to us this go round. Again, get into the Facebook group. 
Um, give us some feedback. Again, you know, your questions, all of the above. We appreciate everyone who's chimed in um, with some good stuff and as well yeah. as if some bad stuff comes, you know, we'll, we'll take that too. Uh, but until the next time, this is Amadi and Ragu. Yes, yes. Saying, bye bye. Now that's some real talk. Live right the execution. Now that's some real walk. Stay cool. Cause outside, my dude is real hot. Got bodies outlined out here in real chalk. I left an institution. Now that's some real talk. Live right the execution. Now that's some real walk. Stay cool. Cause outside, my dude is real hot. Got bodies outlined out here in real chalk. I left the institution. Real talk. Living right, the execution, real walk And stay cool, stay cool, cause it's hot outside And get your body outlined and chalk I left the institution, real talk Living right, the execution, real walk And stay cool, stay cool, cause it's hot outside And get your body outlined and chalk And stay cool, stay cool, cause it's hot outside Stay cool, stay cool, cause it's hot and stay cool, stay cool, cause it's hot outside And get your body outlined and chalk